welcome back to a brand new episode of But I'm Tess. I gotta be honest, I'm so happy that you're here and that I could hang out in your little ear for just a second. It's so warm in here. My name is Tess, and as always, I am joined by someone who kept farming right through the Dust Bowl and provided for their family and honestly ended up growing the most beautiful sunflowers of them all. Trina Sanyal. Hi, thank you. Um, I was not alive during the Dust Bowl. We're the same age, me and you, but I <laughs> love the introduction. Trina, what's the last uh, method of transportation you've taken? This is going to be, I guess, a little... Well, okay, the last time I was on like a really big, like not a bus within the city, but like trying to leave the city, I was going home for a funeral lol um it was fine it was great it was sad you know made peace um and i had to get on amtrak um and there was no direct line from the city that i'm in philly i'm being like kind of suspicious about it to the (laughs) suburb that i needed to go to so i had to get off Mm -hmm. at a neighboring suburb that was a bunch of hours that was like 30 minutes away not a bunch of hours drama um so that was the last time i used like I would say, like, heavy, heavy transport. I'm also a big fan of Flix buses. Um, What about you? Well, the last method of transportation I took was the lovely bus, is the bus system in Chicago. And I don't want to fight about cities again, but Chicago does have... That that tore our family apart. But you're going to flex on your transportation system right now? You're going to flex and say that you, that you have a better transportation center? Because... I know that you do. There's just not a doubt in my mind that Chicago has the best tra- public transportation. Better system. than New so York. I was on there. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my really? god. Really? You've been on a bus in New York? I mean, I normally feel like I I'm on the subway when I'm there. I feel like bus. But for some reason, I forgot that New York could even have buses. But that is. They do. I mean, I feel like some New Yorkers are really gonna flame me. Um, but that's okay. You for guys not can knowing stand. About their buses. Right. I feel like you guys could be knocked down a few pegs. You talk a lot more than you need to. So I think it's fine. Yeah, Maggie. I've been on a few Amtraks in my life. I used to take the Amtrak from Boston to New York a bunch mm-hmm. uh, when I went to college in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and and damn it, if I don't almost always wax poetic when I'm on the Amtrak. Right. Like, I've. I've had my best therapy sessions with myself on the Amtrak. That's sweet. Um, It really, I don't know what it is. It gets you thinking, doesn't it? It does. I think, I mean, I always sit in the quiet car. It's something about the nice stench of someone opening a bag of Wendy's a few seats down. Mm. The sun is normally setting when I'm on an Amtrak. It's cozy. It kind of makes you feel like you could take a nap if you really needed to. Um, yeah. And yeah, the air is very stale. So it just brings mm-hmm. up, I think, emotions that don't happen when you're in fresh air or when you're in your apartment. Um, exactly. So yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel like also you're, for me, it's always like I'm going home in an Amtrak. So I'm like reckoning, reconciling, thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah. That vibe. I've never taken a train home, but I did, I was on the West Coast. Shout out. And right. um, I, out had just, I had just been officially broken up with. You know? Oh, damn. And and so I was like, okay, bye. Got on an Amtrak. 
um, heading north. And, right. Oh, we. <laughs> right. Luckily, no one was sitting in the chair directly next to me, but um, I'm sure the man in front of me could hear me because I was I was going at it, and then I, you know, whipped out the Google Doc, started oh. started writing because you got to write it out. Um, yeah, and it's, it's actually it's really good. It's a very ins- inspirational spot, the Amtrak. I have a story to your story that I want to tell you. Tell me. I I figured out on a Greyhound bus back to school that I needed to get out of it. Well, I didn't need to get out necessarily, but I I figured out on a Greyhound bus back to school that my relationship was over. This is sophomore year. I was like, "Mm, I think this is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was right. <laughs> I got dumped five days after that bus ride. <laughs> you so called it. I You're called it. I did call it. And so I think, yeah, I think something about, I also think that like transportation brings up like malaise about all your relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really well, you're just easy. sitting and you're sitting and watching like space and time go by literally while right. you're on like a train or a bus at least. Yeah. I feel like I really get in my bag the airport get, brings out the worst of it. I feel like it's like, oh, I yeah. think the order for me is like Amtrak, Flixbus is sometimes kind of peaceful, Greyhound, whoa, Port Authority in New York gives me like the worst emotional Sheesh. whiplash I've ever felt. And then oh there's the airport and the airport is where I'm like, what are we motivated by if not love? Like, where are all these people <laughs> going? Where do these loved ones that they're visiting live? And you know how do how do the fa- how does the fabric of travel change based on like who we are and what we want and where we go? I mean, everybody's just moving and traveling for love. Like I just I become yeah. I become honest to God insane. So I've been there. You do like you just see humanity in a fishbowl at uh, an airport. I think because it's yeah. just like people. And they are only thinking about themselves. You know, they're like, I need to get somewhere. This is right. all about me. And so right. people are pissy. And people they like have all of their belongings with them as well, which right. is crazy. So um, crazy. So crazy. Plus, airports are the only transportation I've personally been on in at <laughs> where uh, you might get patted down, you know? Like there's n- not a lot of security oh. <laughs> on <laughs> oh, I am. Yes. No security if no security if you're getting a, a city bike or a bird scooter. No, right. Wouldn't it be crazy if there was a city bike security? That would be, TSA city bike. That's yeah. insane. I think there's no security when you go onto a train. There's no security when you go onto a bus. There's no security when you like are on a city bike. There's only security mm-hmm. when you're in the airport and they'll be like, you have to throw away this travel size dev shampoo because there might be like yeah. liquid liquid bomb in there or something and you just right. be like um okay like i definitely yeah worst worst of the worst memories of airports have to do with me and my family not even to bring you know all of this into it but just the profiling sure. anyway let's keep it light um <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i found this note that i wrote from the last time i was in an airport And I'm not going to read it to you all, listeners, because I think it's going to put you in a place. Mm. But just to give you like a small vignette of the vibe I'm in whenever I'm at an airport, I'm just going to read you (laughs) this one sentence. 
Give us, um, give us a little bit. I'm just going to read you this one little <laughs> paragraph, like, vibe. Um, Ghosts of everyone I ever knew and then never really saw. I think leaving is just to be free of ghosts. And at the time, I'm so nervous that ghosts lived inside me and that I would carry them around forever. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. That's where I'm at. God damn. Also, there's this other one that says... Um, Boston wind is whistling through like the cavern in the Lion King where all the hyenas live or the wing of a small bird. So I'm definitely like (laughs) not in a good way. Yes. Not in a good way in the airport. I'm not in a good way. I'm in a bad, bad, bad way. Bad way. You've inspired me. And now I've also found some shit I wrote on the Amtrak. And so I'm going to I'm going to read at least a line and a half. Pray tell. Um, Pray tell. I'm going to wait for the train to go by for just a second. Just Speaking of transport, very topical. Right. Hi, train. Oh, yeah. Something that the listener should know, and they should know it while this is happening, too. Don't cut this, Chris. There's a train <laughs> that goes right directly over my house. Every 10 to 15 minutes or like whenever they feel like it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes so much noise and they're doing tra- they're doing uh, construction on it now, obviously, too. It's a whole thing. The thing anyway. about it, though, is I feel like that's come up in prior episodes. I just think maybe Chris has cut it out. But this time, Chris, keep it in. Keep this it time, in, honestly, God damn it. Let the people know what I'm dealing with because exactly. I'm, I'm breaking my knees sitting in this position in a in a closet right now trying right. to keep out <laughs> anyway this was entitled breakthrough on the amtrak mm-hmm. okay this is what i wrote don't give up bleh xd just give it some time like a few time from now you will be completely different how exciting is that oh well that's very yeah. sweet and true it was good i mean yeah it, you, it, it's just, I think, so that's the thing. Is is that great writing? No. But is that me working things out with myself? Totally. 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 So thank you, Amtrak. I guess, yeah, this this podcast is dedicated to... <laughs> Sponsored by To Amtrak. Amtrak. <laughs> I actually did. To the did, silver bullet. I did actually meet... Okay, two things. The first is, if you are ever on an Amtrak, but you don't have the energy to journal, but you still want to work through something in your head... I recommend exactly. listening to a soundtrack of any A24 movie. Any A24 oh my movie God. that you like have seen or have or like want to see, just listen to it from start to finish and you will bring yourself to wherever you need to be emotionally. I promise. It won't it might not be what you need, but it'll you'll bring yourself somewhere. That's the first thing. Second thing, <laughs> it's a real tip. Second thing I'm having a realization, Trina. What is a realization? This podcast is about getting places and also like getting places. Yeah. Oh, it is about getting Great. places. Great. I'm Let's so glad we figured that out. That's a good Go theme. on. I'm so sorry for interrupting you. The second thing is I did meet someone recently who took a whole cross country like journey on the Amtrak Mm. by herself and went from like Philly to California. And it was like a four day thing. Um, It's one of the coolest things. And I think like transport often brings up a lot of fear for people because it's kind of scary depending on what you look like and who you are. Um, But you also really work through things. I feel like I've only ever really been able to think clearly when I'm going somewhere because I'm like far from whatever environment was kind of complicated for me or I'm like heading towards an environment that's kind of complicated for me and that Mm -hmm. means I feel like I have to kind of process things 
before I get there. And I remember the last time I was in an Amtrak, I got off and I was surrounded by college students for the first time in like, you know, a little, a little bit less than a year since I've like graduated or I mean a little bit less than that. Cause I visited in December, but anyway, and they were all talking about school and they were like, Oh, my mom's picking me up in the front. Da, 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 da. They were talking about their professors. And I felt so weird. Like I was like, wow, I'm on the train with all these people who kind of like look my age. Cause I don't like look so much older than anyone, but they're in a completely, mm-hmm. completely, completely different life phase for me. But we're all like yeah. in the same reality. Like the, our world is still the same because we just took this train to this place that I also, my mom is also going to be picking me up. Um, <laughs> and not to brag. Not to not to flex on you, listener, but my mom was picking me up. <laughs> my mom's so. going to pick me up. So. My mom's going to pick me up from the station. So my, my mom is here, actually. Um <laughs> Yeah, so needless to say, transportation is more than just a bus, a train, or a car, or a bike, or right. a city scooter. Right. And I can't wait to dive into all the ins and outs of getting around with our next few guests. So stick around, and we'll be right back after these few messages. That sounded very Disney of me. It was great. Do, 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 you know. Seven in 10 girls believe that they are, in some way, not good enough. For more information on this startling statistic, please visit patriarchy.biz. But here at Gold Comedy, we're using comedy to help girls run the world. How? By helping teen girls and women and non-binary folks boost their confidence, smash perfectionism, write sharper, think faster, and command any stage. I'm Gold's founder, Lynn Harris, and I approve this message and the message that soup is always good after a bad day. But that's not what this ad is for. Soup doesn't need ads. Join Gold Comedy at club.goldcomedy.com. Welcome back to Venom Test. We are joined today by a Brooklyn-born comedian. She has been doing comedy for over 20 years, I think, which is crazy and I cannot freaking imagine doing it for that long and need to know if it's gonna be okay um she's been at like all the six spots that you you know and love caroline's gotham comedy cellar um and she's with us today please welcome joanna briley hello hooray hi thank you tess and trina i'm happy to be on so listeners we're list- we're we're recording this uh, in the wee hour. I guess not that early. I guess like my my dad would argue this is a reasonable time to be awake. But um, we're uh, doing this is the first thing I've done this morning. This is pre coffee um, because Joanna works for the MTA as a token booth clerk. Correct? Still? Yes, token booth. I say it with an F. Token booth because it sounds so much funnier. Absolutely. <laughs> one of the people and they do announcements and she said it and I was like she's a superior she's a supervisor and she said it with an F she knows best <laughs> so you just got off a shift or you work do you consistently work night shifts yes I'd love to work the night shift uh, I work 11 okay. p.m to 7 a.m right now it's 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 peaceful even though it's a city that never sleeps I like right. it because it's it's very quiet you have less of a headache of, you know, humans 
with their energy because uh, do the mornings after a while when I started getting tuned to my energy and I realized these people that are traveling have so much energy, different mm-hmm. energies, and it could change you. And that's what was happening. I started cursing out people like they cursed them first back. And mm-hmm. it wasn't good. I didn't like that feeling because that wasn't me. So I was like, you know, let me go. Let me go to the night shift. Oh, oh. And I mean, I do overtime occasionally. But mm-hmm. right now, okay. what? We're, we're not selling tokens or Metro cards. Is the energy that you feel from people just when you interact with them? Or do you mean like just when they're around you, you feel? Well, when interactions, because, you know, most of the time people want what they want, whether they want to, for me, when we were selling tokens or Metro card to hurry up, uh, you know, to get their Metro card. Um, and the train is there, you know, it's like they think it's the only train ever, the last one ever. And so they're always rushing me. And I was like, you at the post office, just tapping your toes away. Nobody's rushing the postal clerk. You know what I mean? Tapping your toes. It's it's the end. Yeah, (laughs) right. They're tapping their toes, just waiting patiently (laughs) for whatever. And you could be in the post office for hours. Whereas, Mm. trust me, at the token booth, you're there no more. If you shut up, <laughs> You're there no more than three to five seconds. I'm a pro. I, I call myself a metro cardiologist, you know, because I'm very good. <laughs> Most people back in the day, just sometimes with therapists, you know, people want to mm. come and talk. I sometimes wish I had curtains, you know what I mean? Because I can't go yeah. anywhere. So if there's someone right. standing there talking and talking shit, what am I do? Like the other day, the guy was talking mad shit to me, and it's like, I don't want to talk to you. Like you trying mm-hmm. to engage me. Well, what are you there for? What are you there for? To answer your question and to, to roll up maps. I mean, not maps, masks. To give you a mask, sir. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's very, it's, it's annoying, um, but I love my job because it afforded me the opportunity to create a one-woman show called Swipe This, My Life in Transit. And I talk about, <laughs> you know, life, the transitions in life but, you know, um, what happened is I felt myself confined in a box. I put myself in a box and I literally work in a box. So that was <laughs> the theme. And it just was like, how do I get out of this box? Mm. And that's what I explored through the one woman show. You watch people all the time when they're going, they're living. Here I am mm-hmm. stuck, stuck mm-hmm. in this box. So how do I get out there and enjoy life like these other people? And um, it was just a... a a great release to finally get that out. So I'm rebooting wow. it and tweaking it to have it come out again in 2022, 2023, and mm-hmm. hopefully become my sitcom. That's beautiful. Oh, yes. That's, That's beautiful. Part of what we were talking about um, earlier in the show when we did a, our cold open situation um, was like the feelings that you have when you're going from place to place and how you often have like moments of realization or you're having like just you're just having thoughts I don't even know how to describe it but you're on the train and suddenly everything becomes a lot more clear and Mm -hmm. I think that really like I think that show theme and um that show idea ties into that so well like it seems like you have similar feelings about it and I'm wondering what's the realization you've had while in transit well for me I've always been shy and when I first came, when I first started doing comedy, you know, the public speaking and getting on stage, you know, you have that fright. Uh, but when I 
was at work at night, I would have the customers laughing. And then I realized, oh, I'm on stage every night in this booth. So I took that and said, oh, this is a stage. So then I was able to not be afraid on stage. So then all I had to work on was my material. So that um, freedom, I guess you will, or the realization that the world's a stage, as they say, right? They do say that. Right. I took it literally with the job because I don't know these people that are coming up to the booth, but my job, because of the negative imagery that a lot of token booth clerks have and transit workers in general, I kind of overcompensate and I'll just make people laugh just so they have a good experience with me to know that not all of us are like that, just like Mm -hmm. in any job. But, you know, transit doesn't do a great campaign on (laughs) This is what I was thinking about is a lot. I think a lot of people do think of um, transportation worker, you know, the train drivers, the people who work at the token booths in a similar fashion to like DMV workers or post office workers in that they think of them as like bland people. Because when you're in transit, you're thinking a lot about yourself. I, I We talked about this earlier as well, too. Like if you're in an airport, you are only thinking about you and your needs. Um, But I also think that people, you know, when they stop and pause are very curious about like what your inner life is like, because it is, you know, it's not an office job per se. Well, I try to get people to realize if you see me in the booth every day, that means I'm part of your community, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like the bodega, just like the the hair salon. So why not say hi? Why not say, uh, bring me a Snickers sometime because I'd be hungry. I be I ain't gonna lie. I could be, you know, sometimes we don't get to come out. Certain, certain stations are not safe. You know what I mean? So I'm not gonna run out there and go to the store. Definitely not. Um, mm. But we're a community. And if people started treating the stations like community, um, then we, I think people would care a little bit better or more, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially me. Like I see the same people every day. You know, some say hi now, some don't or whatever, until they need me. And when they need me, it's because their Metro card don't work. So now you want to speak to me. Oh, so now you want to be my friend, right? Or the machine takes their money, you know, and it's like, oh, so now you want to, oh, okay, so now I can do something for you. But whereas in the past, like if you're regular and we speak and we wave, oh, oh, you know, I left my Metro card home or I left my wallet home. Okay, no, I'll let you go through the gate because we have a relationship. We're we're in a community and that's all I try to do wherever I go is try to let people know, look, I'm here. I'm going to be here. You know, like, okay, the other day, the guy, he was asshole. I'm just going to say it right out. And I just was not accommodating his assholeness. And so he (laughs) went to the machine, right? Because he didn't want to, the train said three minutes which I don't trust them clocks either. Uh, I know a lot of people got trust issues with them clocks. Uh, it'll say three <laughs> minutes and the train won't come until 10. I know, I know. I try to <laughs> I try to work with you guys. So he didn't want to wait the three minutes to go to the machine because it said two minutes, but it wasn't even his train. So the fact that he had to purchase or whatever he had to do at the machine, he swiped and it said two minutes for Manhattan. He said, yeah. See, God don't like ugly. That's why there's another train. And I'm like, well, I don't need the train. I'm already at work. You know what I mean? Like, you're the one that needs the train. And then he calls exactly. me. He said, you fat bitch. Mm. And I was like, oh, my wow. God. He mm-hmm. called me fat. Like, I could be a bitch all day, but fat, you can't call me fat. 
you can't do that. <laughs> but it's okay. Like, I, it's like I heard so many things um, working in the booth that it, it's not, a, it's, it's, it's numbing to the point, you know, that you just let it go. But it, mm-hmm. in the beginning, in the beginning as a human being to be disrespected constantly or name called or whatever, just because you can't get your way, whatever way that is, whatever it is, it's like, just don't, why is that my job? At the, You know what I'm saying? Like to let you yeah. in for free is, you know what I mean? And, and, and part of it, the money that's lost because of COVID, we're all going to feel it down the line, even though they got a bailout of $6 billion. It's not going to trickle down to the workers because my contract is up uh, in May. So you're going to hear a lot of fighting uh, coming along and they're going to want us out in the out of the booth. We will get a renewed contract, but we will lose certain things like I'm safe in the booth, right? I don't have to come out and, and, and mess with anybody. But with transit, because they got rid of the money, they're they're gonna want us outside helping people because there's no money in the booth, so nobody's gonna rob us. But they're gonna rob mm. me for my personal shit. Yeah, so it's like because people are getting hurt to this day, and every day you wake up, there's some news. Somebody got slashed, stabbed, raped, pushed down the stairs, or whatever. So um, yeah. it's not a safe system at all, mm. at all. Like you know, we we cannot compare to any other subway system. And and I mean, I love it. Because where can you go for two seventy five? You know what I'm saying. You can't take a cab for two seventy five and go to the Bronx. You only could do that in the subway on a good day when the trains are running. There's no problems. <laughs> yeah, I learned this years ago. I got thirty one years. Okay, with the MTA. Damn. That's crazy. Because wow, you look like you're thirty one. So I don't even yeah, understand. For real. <laughs> well, laughing, laughing is the key to young living yeah i was gonna say so like yeah because a lot of this can i assume can really get to you and you could have an attitude of like i hate people and humanity is dead but instead you've turned to comedy which i think is so incredible and like such a good way to deal with that can you talk like a little bit about how that translated slash like if people had any reactions at first to talking about this type of job basically on stage. Well, yes. Okay. Because when I first started doing it at the end of the night, at the end of the show, people come to me. Yeah. I was at this station and the clerk did this to me and the clerk did this to me, you know, cause I'm coming. <laughs> I always say, Hey, I'm, I work for the MTA. I'm one of the nice ones. Cause I have to, right. I, I preface it with I'm one of the nice ones because I know what our story is that people, mm-hmm. but you have to work that job to understand how the barrage of energy and demands and how people think little of you that it gets to you where you like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you and your mama. I don't care. The overall gist is I'm a human being mm-hmm. inside yeah. that subway. And you know what? The reason I wrote the one woman show, there was this woman, this old white woman. Um, she used to come by the booth. Like she was so close. I could see her pupils. They were blue. She had crystal blue eyes they were beautiful she had white hair very old and i'm gonna say racist i'm gonna say that because she gave me this she gave me this this despicable look and Mm. so i'm in the booth like bitch you don't know me i said i got a college degree i got a degree in psychology and i do this and and so i just started writing like you don't know me Mm -hmm. and then i started looking at where can i go to write this story i said because this lady don't know me 
And mm-hmm. I just wanted to affirm that I am somebody just because I'm sitting in this booth. This listen, this booth pays some money. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I'm saying? It's a good paying job, benefits. I got three more mm-hmm. years, I can retire. And when I retire, I want to be comfortable um, where mm-hmm. I don't have to work. I can do the leisure of stand-up comedy. Um, mm-hmm. So I wrote the show. Stand-up comedy is is apparently leisure. It's such, it's very upsetting that it doesn't uh, <laughs> pay the bills, but. To make it pay by creating uh avenues for yourself which is mm-hmm. the one woman show i also created what you see behind me uh the black woman in comedy laugh festival beautiful black women were it i mean outside of the Issa rays and and the you know other um monique's and and tiffany haddish us that are on the you know the ground with the boots to the ground we're not getting seen by industry on the regular so i said let me create um a platform where the industry is going to come and they're going to check us out it's a passion project of course because you know we don't have the corporate sponsorship or anything so i work Mm -hmm. and um uh hopefully we'll get corporate sponsors soon you guys need corporate sponsorship i mean right it's grassroots right so mm-hmm. grassroots is not everybody's equipped to know how to go about getting corporate sponsorship. So we're learning as we go, which is fine, you know, for now. This is the third year. So just knowing that the women trust me and they mm-hmm. see my vision up for them because all these women, as you see the smiles, they didn't know they existed. You know what I mean? That they mattered. Um, and and I know we're all over the place, but the trend and this is what transitioning is, you know, being in transit is not just about subway. It's about our lives. And so mm-hmm. um, transitioning uh, stand-up comedy to a platform where black women are seen and heard and and validated by us. You know what I mean? And in and, and, and doing that, the first year, one of the young ladies was seen by execs from True TV's Laugh Tracks, and she was on the show. Um, a few of them wow. got Just for Laughs auditions. And um, last year, uh, a couple of them got agents um, out of it, managers. And hopefully this year, uh, we got a request from Helium. The bookers at Helium are coming to attend the festival to check out the women. So I'm just ecstatic that, you know, I created something that is needed and necessary. It's unfortunate that it was, is necessary, but it is what it is. And in order to Mm -hmm. have inclusion, you have to create a platform and say, Oh, Oh, we're, we're sorry. You know what I mean? Like, sorry for existing. Right. right. It does. It does feel like you have. Like I'm. I'm so impressed and honestly inspired by that kind of that kind of work. Like, I think it's so easy to feel so discouraged by just like the day to day of life. <laughs> Not even to get mm-hmm. like that, but I just think like you know you have work every day, and especially from what you're describing, it sounds like people have no boundaries with what they say to you, and then to like make a really formidable community for people and give them these platforms and do this stuff is just on top of working these crazy night shifts that you work yeah just feels really insane are you tired at night no i my mom used to have to bribe me to go to sleep as a kid i was up at night so i i guess that's my i was born at 109 a.m so i guess that's it i'm up at night it's go time word yes i 
And I, I create, it's like at night I feel alive and I feel like all my ideas are fresh. And like I said, I, the, the, the rumble of the train, all of that helps me with, with my thought process. But I'm going to tell you the first time, uh, it was 96. The first time a guy took his penis out on me in the subway, uh, because, okay, in, in training, uh, we do go to training for like six weeks four to six weeks, and they tell you, do not show fear. Like, don't act like you're afraid in the booth because, you know, you're by yourself 90% of the time. And so the first time it happened, I was terrified. But I just started comedy. So the comedian in me came out. Like, the comedian in me came out, and I I got on the mic, and I was like, hey, you, you with your dick out. Move a little closer so I can see you better. Oh, my God. You told him to come closer? Yes. And he wow. took off. He took off up the stairs. So I was like, yes, I won. Uh, but unfortunately, wow. he came back the next day. He came oh, back sure. the next day. A two-time dick repeater. Yes. However, I told you I was in college for my degree in psychology. That semester, I noticed the universe. That semester, I was taking up sexual deviant behavior course, right? I go back to my professor. I'm like, professor! There's a guy. He keeps coming to the booth, taking his dick out. She said, uh, do you want an A in your paper? I was like, yeah. She said, well, ask him these questions. Oh, my God. The next time he showed up, I was like, hey, why are you doing this? He was like, because you're cute. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, because no, that's crazy. Insane. The way my dignity falls as soon as anybody's like, "You're cute." I'm like, "Really? Wait." Oh so I had a long conversation with him. His name was Tyrone. He was 23 at the time. He had a girlfriend, two kids, or oh. whatever. But the, oh. the bottom line is, I got an A plus on my paper. Mm-hmm. Hell mm-hmm. yeah! And that's all that matters. And the thing is experiencing that right because when i do my comedy and i i do that joke and i see couples and i say hey bro you ever you ever did that for your woman you know i, I try <laughs> to <don't> me <laughs> exactly like hey hey i said y'all don't have to think about me when you're doing it but i'm just saying if you do right. it just try it because it's kind of like in order for me to get the a in the paper i had to look at this guy as an artist like there was something <laughs> wow i'm dead Classic psychology. Yes, there you go. I had to look at him as an artist because he was he was he was good looking. I'm just saying he wasn't a creep. He was a late, he was a level one sexual deviant. And so I love that story because it's hilarious. Because when you are a transit, transit did this mm-hmm. to me. I'm a voyeur. That's all I do is watch people. <laughs> wow. I'm into that. That's it. I'm a voyeur. <laughs> I watch people all day. I didn't know that about myself. It's fascinating. And so what's what's up for you now? What's coming up for you in comedy or uh, I guess what's anything that's coming here. up for you in transit? I'd love to hear it. But if you've got you any have. projects on the run. Yes. Well, the festival starts. Uh, the festival is June 15th through the 19th. The Stand, Gotham, uh, Broadway Comedy Club, Comedy in Harlem. There's a new Black-owned comedy club in Harlem now. Um, so, yeah. And I have a couple of places in Brooklyn. I'm just excited. I just sent the schedules to all the women. I have Canadians coming, you know, and, and I just feel good to know that they believe in what I'm doing, uh, to know that, hey, New York is is a hot spot for comedy. Um, yeah. The late shows are here, you know, TV execs are here. Um, and the word is getting out about 
um, these, uh, the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest. So www.bwiclaughfest. We have a website. Perfect. All the women that are performing are posted up there and the tickets go on sale May 1st. Get a ticket. Well, get a ticket. You can say it. Get a ticket. We'll be linking everything down below. You're going to want to inter- be in Joanna's circles one way or another because And also, person. listener, respect your MTA workers, okay? For real. If you take or the train CTA, every day. Or your BART. Or your SEPTA, uh, your, whatever it is your you're SEPTA, using. The T, the T. I am so excited to have spoken to you this morning, Jonah. It was so sweet. Yeah. Gold comedy is amazing. I, I love Lynn and everything that she's doing um, for the brand and for uh, young comics that are coming up. Thank you so much for being on, Joanna Briley. And listener, we'll be right back. Hi, it's me, Lynn, founder of Gold Comedy. You and I met before when we were talking about soup. Well, I founded Gold because I believe that comedy is power. Because when you make people laugh, you make people listen. And I want to make sure that everybody listens to women and non-binary folks. The Gold Comedy Club is an all-inclusive comedy world with women and non-binary folks right at the center. Your annual subscription includes classes, celebrity Q&As, performances, practice, and collaboration, all in a safe, ad-free community of people who get you and your jokes. So join us to amplify your voice, literally with a mic, at club.goldcomedy.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to the transportation episode. How did you get here? <laughs> get it? Do you get that one, Trina? So yes, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Sorry, I was, I was laughing. I was laughing one. in my in my right. head. Well, anyway, I'm so excited uh, to bring on our first guest. Um, he's been with Gold for a little bit now. I think. I feel like I've known him forever. Super funny. Does roller derby and lives in the East Village in a sick bachelor pad. Please welcome Max Stoyer. Where is that from? Germ- what is that? Germany. Uh, okay. Great grandparents came during the Holocaust. One thing I'm really good at that I inherited from them is running away. Oh okay. my gosh. Max with the jokes. A little bit of Max God with damn. the jokes. Not the bat. Okay. Well, I need to bring up uh, roller derby. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Uh, how where, how'd you get started doing that? What is it like? Do you get injured? Uh, well, family friend of mine, uh, Maddie, uh, she was actually a roller derby skater when I was just a little kid uh, for the Manhattan Mayhem Miss American Thighs wow. she was, when she played. Um, and from when I was four years old on, my dad was taking me to watch her play at her games. Uh, and ju- then eventually she reached out to me in 2016 saying, hey, the program that I skate for, Gotham, is opening up juniors. If you want to try and take some lessons and learn to play derby, you can. And I took that as a personal challenge. So <laughs> I was so bad, awesome. but I refused to quit. It was a matter this of was, principle. This, this was skateboarding, right? This wasn't roller skating? Or was this roller skating? This is roller you were skating. Doing? It's played oh, on quad skates. It's like, oh my the, like on the set, like on TV in the 70s, but with less punching. Sadly. Right. Okay. Then what is it? You're it's like a race, right? Um, in a 
sense, uh, there's one scoring player, the jammer, who gets a point for every blocker on the opposing team that she laps. Oh my god. The blockers all have to stay within a range of each other, so they're all simultaneously playing defense and trying to hold back the other jammer, and offense and trying to make a gap in the in the other team's defense so that their own jammer can get through to score. That's wow. That's okay. Mm. I didn't know it was that complex. Um, yeah, no, or maybe a, it's not, and I'm just there's uh it's both very the that it's both like a very easy rule set and a very difficult one. Like there's no ball, you're watching people all the time. And so have you started roller skating elsewhere, like to get around? I guess you live in New York, so yeah, no, I've, I go roller skating in parks. We've done a few like group skates, especially out and about together at Gotham as like a league or a team. Um, the, the main problem is that if I'm going to skate somewhere, I either be have to be prepared to carry around the skates the rest of the time or to be skating everywhere that I go. Could I skate to my dentist? Yes. But do I want to be wearing my skates in the elevator when I go up? No. I started roller skating this past summer, actually, and I actually find it so difficult. Like, I'm really, really bad at it. So mm. I'm really impressed whenever I meet people who can skate because... I people are not supposed to be on wheels. Right. That's why we don't have them. <laughs> Max is like, ah, like shaking their or head. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Agree <laughs> to disagree. I think it's fun. Right. No, make your case. Make your case, Max. Like, I feel like, is this something you would, would when you first started, I guess my question for you is, did you, did you feel like you had a natural, you know, like a natural gift or did it take you kind of a, a little bit of time? I was so bad when I started out. I had never worn skates before, okay? My skating experience consisted of the annual figure skating trips that elementary schools go on, and I spent those clinging what? to the wall Sorry, I don't think that, that, that must be a New York thing. That's a New York yeah, thing. Yeah, I've never been on an annual figure skating trip. That's y'all, crazy. That's you, hilarious. Y'all schools never did that thing in December of none of you are paying attention. We're going to take you to an ice rink as a treat. No. Not at not all. Not at my public school. Okay, I, I meant to perpetually underfunded public schools and we still got this wait but okay so go so sorry i interrupted you because that yeah. was honestly a shock to my system <laughs> insane but can you just go back to what you were saying about so you so you when you first started you had no skating experience and you weren't very good yeah and no. then what encouraged you to keep going like i feel like i get so like bummed out when i like can't do it yeah <laughs> well Derby really is this like really loving support network. It was I didn't want to leave, but like if I was gonna stay, I wasn't gonna stay and suck oh. at it. So I was gonna get good. It, mm. Like first time I was Damn. like my first practice, I find, put on all my gear, all my little safety pads that we wear for contact drills and my skates for the first time. I stand up. I immediately fall back and hit my head in the bleachers. Oh, oh man. I'm wearing oh, a helmet. No. I'm fine. It's just my pride that's okay. bruised. So, Max, I have like kind of a burning question. It's been in the back of my mind for a while. Go for it. And that is Were you a scooter kid? No, I was like, I had a Razor scooter and I remember like I would bring it over mm -hmm. to my friend's house and we would go out together and she would stay on. But I would immediately, but I would just be pushing off the side the whole time. Like I couldn't get into mm -hmm. a glide. It was not my thing. Fair. I didn't learn to ride a bike till I was like eight. My balance mm. is not great. Eight, I think, is the normal age to learn how to ride a bike, though. I will say that's when I learned, too. I have literally no idea when, yeah. it is, when it's normal. It's like whenever you goddamn want to, like yeah, whenever you want, is you know, fine age to do it. I ask a lot of people who are from New York this question, but like when you first started going on the subway alone, like without your parents, like 
or going anywhere really eight yeah. honestly yeah, it's yeah. just like like up at like up to like first grade my parents were fine with were, were willing to take me places but then i like i hit second grade i was eight years old and they were just like you're fine you know what you're doing you're a good wow. kid wow and and so and it was just like okay my school was a block away i got in elementary i was so lucky on that front so me and my sister crossing one street and one avenue that both had a crossing guard to go to school by ourselves totally reasonable max uh just to pivot a little bit is there anything exciting uh going on for you in the world of comedy or have you been doing any open mics or i'm high school senior so college application season is was just like hitting its its ending and after it finished i was so burned out i was just like i think i'm going to lie down and sleep for eight months and and just wake me up in august when i'm going to a new set is there any kind of comedy stuff that you're looking to do when you get to school oh yeah no i specifically would like to try out i know because i know that hating it is a staple of college improv (laughs) Listen, you're talking to two people who were very enmeshed in the college comedy scene to the point of honestly embarrassment, but we both really were in it. We really were. Like physically, mentally, bodily fluids, everything. All of it. Yeah. I mean, I chose Tufts based off of it, too. And then... Yeah. So, yeah. So have so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) Definitely try out. Mm-hmm. Um, Max, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We've had such a wonderful time talking to you about wheels. Shout out to all of the colleges that Max has applied to. All right. Thank nice you so much, Max. You, Max. All right. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.